Oh well. Hey, it could always be. Because you know that's what's gonna happen. It is episode 210, that's 210, 210, 210 of the TriGames.net podcast where we talk about video games and other stuff, mostly about games, but apparently last time uh, we talked about movies, Source Code, Robocop, and Paul. Hi! Hmm? Hi. Hi. Hi, Al. You're back. Yeah, sure as hell I am. Hi, Pete. Hi. How's your hangover? Awesome. It's Awesome. Are you eating ca- uh, candy corn to recover? I have no food in front of me. I should have. Oh, you should probably take a bow, get some food, and then come back while we mercilessly taunt you. No, it's cool. Taunt let's you some go. merciful. It's we'll cool. taunt you let's merciful. Yeah. Banging headache. 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 I am your host, Austin. And we're going to start off with a really quick fan letter from someone who doesn't want us to read this on the air, but I'm going to read it anyways. It's from Jimbo. It reads... Fellas, period. I just want to let you boys know, I love Mass Effect 2, period. I can't stop gushing about this game, period. Please don't read this on the air, period. (laughs) I miss you guys, period. Love, Jimbo with a zero. Hi, Jimbo. I just want to let you know, we love you. We can't stop gushing about your face. Mm -hmm. Please don't tell anybody we said this. For real. We miss you, guy. Love us. Let's give a hand to Jimbo, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Jimbo, we'll have you back in the air soon one day. Um, we'll just schedule something, and we'll have a powwow and shit. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah? 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 What's going let's on? Do this thing. Yeah, let's Are do it. Recording? What's yeah. going on? Let's do this Ow. Huh? What you been playing? Dragon Quest Six. Pete. No, I'm kidding. All right, so tell us about Dragon Quest VI. Uh, well, Dragon Quest VI is a Dragon Quest game, and you pretty much do that a lot, gain levels, and um, it's a very strange, strange thing for me. The story is kind strange? of weird. It, it's like, you know how in... Um, RPGs, the whole point is like, you know, to save the world from a menace, such as such and such, you know, or save a princess, or, you know, the, the regular save something from something else that's really bad. Yes. No. Yes. Good. That's Maybe. What I'm, I'm looking Maybe. for dialogue here. I'm looking for soup. Oh, well, that's probably why I'm not getting my dialogue. Um, you would you would have had that as a response if I didn't mute my microphone. Fantastic. So there you go. But yes, continue on about your story. About so it's not like that. It is kind of, except like in the first five hours of the game, you save the world, something like that. <laughs> it's like okay. Uh, oh, game over. Thanks for buying the game. Five yeah, hours. I was done. expecting that, but of course, uh, there's still monsters in the world, and people are trying to figure out like, you know, what we just beat the big bad dude, and it doesn't. It seems like the world's at peace, but the world's not really at peace. So, 
you come to find out that you're from a dream world and you um have your you and your companions are working to OMG spoilers not really um but you're trying to find out who you really are and they tell you like some people tell you that they think that you're their son which would make you a prince <laughs> Uh, you look just like him, and then that guy like disappeared. Now, mind you, these are the people in the real world that are saying, uh, such as you start out actually like in the dream world. You're like, you you go, you can't tell like which is the real world, which is the dream world at first. But Take then the red pill, you kind of figure that out as after you finish the game. Not <laughs> finish the game, but before finish the opening. Before you finish the opening, uh, save the world thing. But then. The game turns into go help people all around the world. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what the point of me going to these different places. And they don't really, like, there's no direction. There, There is direction, but there's no direction. And the direction that they give you is in the place of um, the this psychic gypsy lady, Madame Luca, or something like that. Ooh. So if you get lost, which... 95% of the time you are going to get lost because you see you, you right when you finish the game they go explore the world I'm sure that there are a lot of things you have to do you're trying to find yourself oh it's but one of those they don't tell you to go to this place gotcha so actually they, they, do, they do because you start out at Mount Lucas and then she kind of tells you to go here but then after you go there and you fix whatever the problem is that's in that part of the world then you're like well where do I go next is it kind of like a mini oblivion in that sense where it's just like here's a world uh have fun no it's not because everything is locked by some some other thing oh so, okay for example okay. you can't get say you know there's the whole world but you can't get to certain places without a ship you can't get to certain places without you know like the i think that there's a magic carpet in this game and then um you know you have to get your different forms of travel to get to the different places Right, right. Would you say it's kind of like Metroid in that respect then? Instead of an Oblivion, like, here's like here's everything. You can't get to this stuff. And on top of that, we're not really going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Yeah, and the only way that you can find out what you have to do next is by going back to Madame Luca, and then she'll tell you, oh, uh, yeah, there are these people over here, and this is how you get there. Okay. And I find that weird. It's just different. You know, I'm... um in this world and I'm trying to help people for what who knows I mean there's you know Dragon Quest 4 was very straightforward there's a threat to the world he's stealing all the kids and uh, <laughs> actually no they weren't stealing all the kids they were stealing Michael the, Jackson they were, they were stealing the kids in 5 they were killing the kids in 4 and you had to defeat you know this menace coming from the underworld boom okay 5 same thing. They were kidnapping kids and uh, trying to prevent the hero from coming back because they are trying to resurrect uh, the ruler of the underworld. Boom. It's a very straightforward story. And now this, you know, there's this being who's very deceptive and he's threatening the world with all these monsters. You have to go defeat him. Well, you do that in the first five hours or something of the game. And then after that, you have to find out who you really are. But where does the last boss come into play? Where does... All, I mean, I'm sure that that's all going to come into play. But I'm like 16 hours into the game. And I feel like, well, 
I beat Dragon Quest 4 and 5 in about 30, 35 hours, you know, respectively. Is this game going to be longer? Am I halfway through the game? I don't know. How, how many How many hours did you say you're in, in uh, 6 now? 16. 16, okay. Now, um, just to touch a bit on the gameplay uh, elements, the this game is different from the others in that you are... I think this is the second time. I think in 3, they had a class system. But in 6, it's a class system, but you get to change vocations. So you can customize your class. It's like 9. 9 takes that street from 6. Where um, you have your party. And then there's a bunch of vocations like warrior, priest, martial artist, uh, dancer, etc., etc., etc. That you can choose and then you level up in the in the vocation you gain those skills and then you switch to another vocation so that you can um, get abilities there. And you can unlock other ones based on your mastery of the previous ones. Quite straightforward. But um, I'm going to touch on something that Doc Brown was complaining about. Like He completely stopped playing Dragon Quest VI because of the vocation system. Oh. Uh, and I had... I when I, Before I started playing the game, he was playing it and he was tweeting about it. So... I had to ignore any tweet that mentioned <laughs> Dragon Quest Six because I didn't want to get spoiled. Right, right. So, um, I go back to it now that because I wanted to wait until the point I know that I was reading like bits and pieces of his tweets, so I'd be like, "Oh no, don't read this!" And right. uh, I knew that he was complaining about the vocation system, so I wanted to make sure that I got to that point and started being able to choose vocations. So then I went back and read him. And he complained that the uh, mastery system is arbitrary, that um, there's no direct correlation between fighting winning battles and gaining uh, abilities and levels, mastery levels of the professions, which quite frankly is true. Uh, you have to win battles, and they tell you, there's a there's a, a person in the All Trades Abbey that tells you how many battles you need to win before you can gain a mastery level. The problem is, you have to fight strong enemies, and there's really no designation on what a strong enemy is. So they may tell you it takes you two battles to gain a mastery level, but you go How out do you know those battles are against a strong enemy? Right. You can wind up fighting ten battles, and then and never know. two of those battles will, you know, like the last two could wind up being the, the two strong enemy fights. Because they tell you, you can't don't fight weaker monsters. Uh, you know, weaker fighting weaker monsters won't get you the experience. That's fine. But being Dragon Quest, you won't get to a new area. You want to be able to grind a bit so that you don't die on the boss. And I was having trouble on the 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 big bad boss guy, which you have to you know fight like a last boss. You you fight him, you beat him, and then he comes back and goes, "No, this is my true power." And then you have to fight him again. <laughs> so. I wound up leveling my characters, and this is probably what he did too. Um, I wound up leveling my characters to like twenty something in the first, like you know, seven eight hours of the game. And normally you're around level twenty halfway through the game because I don't think I've ever broken level forty on. Uh, no, no, I think I broke level forty on Dragon Quest Five, but in Dragon Quest Four I did not break level forty. Um, <clears throat> so. Now my characters are technically over level. And everywhere I go, there's 
you know, enemies, and they're, they may be tough to fight, but technically, when it comes to levels, they're nowhere near my level. Um, so, my two, the first two characters, you get your main character, and then the, the first guy that joins your group, uh, for me, they're like level 20-something. But then there's this one girl I got late in the game, and she's level 15 at this time. She's already gained like five mastery levels in Dancer, what I chose for her in the beginning. But I wasn't using her because she's too weak to fight in the battles. And then she winds up mastering the merchant class because I switched her off of Dancer because Dancer wasn't really working for me. Um, so she mastered merchant and I put her on Monster Masher and she's just uh, working, like working levels like crazy because she's actually in the level range. But my other characters are taking forever. And that's because they, they're they too high level to really get the mastery levels for the vocation. Now, I don't mind this because I'm not having trouble with the game. Granted, the feature of the game is not completely available to me. The whole point of the game for me is to finish it. So I'm guessing that that was a, um, more of a roadblock for uh, Doc Brown. And it was just like, a deal breaker for him that because he could not take advantage of the vacation system that it would completely destroy his enjoyment of the game. Maybe he'll write in next week for, for next week's episode and answer that. Where do we write in? At mailbag at trygames.netto Mailbag at trygames.netto. You can spell it the wrong way or the right way. Neither way is the wrong way. <laughs> mail, 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 mail. P! Wait, were you done? Sorry, I didn't want to. Yeah, that's all I've been playing because uh, my weeks are really rough like I'm coming in to work early twice a week and making that money well yeah making that money and um just I mean I I I can say that I did play something on my PS3 uh because I watched uh what did I watch oh Requiem for a Dream watch <laughs> I played Netflix <laughs> no no well yeah it was a, it was a Blu-ray but I played after movie. that I downloaded Moondiver, the demo. Uh, oh, the the, stri- the four-player Strider-ish yeah. game? Yeah. And you know I love Strider. Oh! I like Moondiver, but because I know that it's a game that's more suited for multiplayer, I can't really... Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it because I don't think I'm going to be able to find people to play it with. So I might as well just play Strider. No. Yeah. Um, how how well I mean how how is it in like how is it so like is it does it seem decent enough solo to stand alone as a game like that if you had no friends to play with or is it like no you kind of need people otherwise it's kind of boring. Uh well for me it was kind of boring. Uh maybe it's just because it was a demo but essentially you get hit points and magic well you get HP and MP and you have the ability to do all the, you know, you, you attack and you can charge up and do an attack. The enemy layout and the levels, like, it, it was weird for me because I'm used to seeing Strider. Strider's a certain pixel size and things like that. And their character is, like, freaking huge in the beginning right. of the game. But then as you walk away from the start point or whatever, the screen kind of zooms out so then it, things get uh, okay. Uh it was fun because you could get into these rooms, not rooms, but there there would be areas where it blocks you off and then all these enemies just come out of nowhere and uh, 
you just get the opportunity to just really kill a whole bunch of enemies all at once in a rapid succession because you have a, a counter over your head showing how many kills you've made and it's always you know tantalizing to be able to get to that next see milestone you know last time i did 25 kills at a time and so now i want to do 30 so i'm like rushing trying to get kill all the enemies before my counter goes away because you know it's a chain counter so if you hit somebody and you run for a second it'll start to kind of fade out but then you kill the guy and then it you know refreshes i think it can hold up on its own but i think it would be much more fun because they have uh this thing called moonsault combo i think I forget what it is, but it's a system where you have these special moves, and there's a series of special moves you can use by yourself, a series of special moves you can use with a second player, a third player, uh, three players, and four players. So you get a lot of those, and then you can't use them when you're by yourself. Right. So that takes away probably a bit of excitement from the game, and I wonder if there's going to be more enemies on the screen when there's four players. That would make it a lot more hectic and a lot more fun. Right, right. And I also played the uh, demo for Slam Bolt Scrappers, which I played at PAX two years ago, or something like that, last year, not two years ago. And that game is still fun, and I I would like to buy that game uh, eventually. But every time I, I think I, I, I didn't really get it when I was watching it. I think I was too I, I was I was focused on like getting um, a good shot of mm-hmm. it and then asking you questions about it and then I didn't really understand what was going on on the screen because I wasn't concentrating. Oh, like, okay. Uh, I can talk about that briefly. Like, very briefly, yeah. What's yeah. the what, what was the general premise again? I know that, like, you're floating around and you're trying to, like, throw blocks onto the other person's tray or something like that, but nope. is it is it match? <laughs> is it, like, it's, puzzle fighter? Is it... It's essentially a mix of, uh, like, a Smash Brothers kind of feel with Tetris. You get Tetris, okay. you get basically Tetraminos, and you have to put them together into um, blo- boxes. And as you make the boxes, they create guns. And there's different colors. There's red and purple and blue. Blue makes shields. Purple makes, um, I think, lasers. And red makes missiles. Launchers, I should say. Missile launchers. And the objective is to destroy the other players or the other side's um, base. So you're building up the bases at the same time, and as you're building up the bases, you, uh, with the the types of guns, the size of the gun, and the amount of guns that you have based on the, the boxes that you create, uh, they shoot onto the other side, and you know whoever loses their entire set of stuff loses, and the whole kind of craziness about it is that. You're this flying guy who picks up these pieces and drops the pieces onto wherever they go. But in order to get the pieces, you have to kill these colored monsters that fly out into the screen. And then there's like a ninja that comes out. You beat the ninja, you get a special ability that you that will help you kill the monsters quicker. Uh, and at the same time, the other player is trying to get these pieces too. And they're also trying to beat you up so that you are out of action for a certain amount of time. So it's it's pretty hectic when you get like four players in it. I'm pretty sure that it's insane. People trying to set up the base and then people attacking. Somebody each set other. us up the base. So, um, how much is that out for? I think it's fifteen. Fifteen bucks. Okay. Uh, I I think it was that and and Battle Block Theater that I saw at PAX this past time, and I was just like, 
wait, both of these games were looked like they were ready last year. Why didn't they come out yet? But mm. you know, I that think um, theater was is that the Beemoth game? Yes. Mm. And um, uh, Alex actually talked. Alex Navarro actually talked to us about that at the um at the bar when when everyone met up, and he was saying that like they there was so much kind of. Like, the core game for Battleblock Theory, I mean, the core game was done, mm -hmm. but there was so much that they wanted to do with it in terms of, like, I guess, and I can't remember exactly what he said. It must have been something about, like, um, not necessarily procedural, but just, like, the way that you can kind of put shit together, uh, or maybe, like, the level editor. I, something about how, like, there were so many different variations of doing something that they wanted to perfect all those different variations, and that's why they took another year to, to kind of go back at. Uh -huh. Now, now Bolt Scrappers, I have no idea why they took another year to come out. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it you'll was love it. PSN standard or something. Who knows? Um, I think I might have played something uh, over the week. I, I, I've been thinking there was something I really wanted to talk about, but I just can't remember what it is. So, whatever. Wah, wah. Pity. Hey. How are you hangover? Okay. Um, okay. What you play? Let's see if I can get through this before internet sucks. Internet sucks. Um, I actually haven't been playing that much. I've been I've drinking. <clears throat> yeah, drinking. Uh, and doing other stuff. Um, important stuff, not like the 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 lascivious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah. Uh, I apparently hundred percent of Super Meat Boy on PC. Um, but I didn't really 100% it. I got the achievement, um, and, uh, sorry, just, am I still on? Yes, nope, you are, you are not okay. still on. <laughs> it got really quiet, so I was like, whoa, what happened? Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, okay, so apparently with Super Meat Boy, uh, you can get the 100% achievement without <laughs> actually beating every main level because uh there's minus worlds um in you know the main uh five yeah main six i think there's six minus worlds uh spread out amongst the the six story sections um and i think i drop but no, I'm no you didn't just go Keep going <laughs> well We'll said, tell you when you drop, you said, even though you won't be able to hear us. And I didn't hear you sneeze, so yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't want and because I saw a, a little blip on my audio thing. <laughs> I lowered the volume and I sneezed really loud, but it was into the mic. So there's probably going to be like a like oh, in the okay. background. It's gonna be fun. So okay, so there's minus worlds, and if you do those minus worlds, they apparently count towards percentage. Uh, so the game actually has more than a hundred percent. Um. Like I think it can end at one hundred and six percent or something like that. Oh, so it's a Castlevania yeah, game. Yeah, basically, I have like four levels left in the final actual like world. That's like kind of like the consider the bonus world after you beat the game. I'm trying to not like spoil it. Like I don't know if it's spoiled or whatever, but like so there's okay, there's the five main worlds and there's a sixth world. And I, I've told you guys before that the, the sixth world is the one I've been working on, the one that I think is like super hard or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, he was going through the dark stages or whatever. And so now I have four dark stages left, but I have the 100% achievement. And I'm, like, upset about that because, like, now I'm not as motivated to go beat those four levels because um, I won't get anything. Well, no, that's not true. I will get an achievement for it. But, like, I don't know. My whole goal was, like, 100% in the game, and they gave me the achievement, what I feel is early. So now I'm like, man, what the fuck? So, yeah. Uh, there. There's that story. And then I... um. I played some rock band 
by playing guitar and singing. And I only want to bring that up because I'm curious how you guys feel about this. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but do you feel that rock band just singing wise could actually make someone who's not at all good at singing a better singer? Because like, I don't know. I definitely feel like I've improved singing wise, but only when I'm playing the game. So I must hear you sing out, sing karaoke now. Um, uh, mm, no, not right now. Not right now. I meant like now that you've improved. I must hear you in general. But see, that's the thing is, I don't like sing karaoke. <laughs> like I, I sing rock band where I can see the little arrow thing. I know that's and why I'm the... putting you in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, and um, there's also a, a backing track, sort of. You know, the, the the singer is still singing along in rock band. That's true. I don't really hear the singer that much, so I, I think I definitely have my mic uh, volume up louder than the singer. Ah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I was playing, you know, double uh, doubled up with a guitar and singing, and I was singing on hard and playing guitar on medium, and like still like knocking out a lot of my favorite songs without any problem. So like, I don't know if Rock Band has made me a better singer or not. Um, and I was just curious if you thought that because you guys can actually sing. So I was just curious, do you think that that's possible for Rock Band to do that, or is it only contained within Rock Band itself? Have you seen it happen to anybody else? No, I don't think so. Me neither. Not that I recall. Yeah. Because it helps you to recognize what pitch is, but I think that in order to really kind of improve at singing – you need a coach anyway. The game, I don't think, can coach you. As in Rockman itself. I don't think that it can coach you. But maybe, I don't know if there... It, it could be a game that could be a vocal coach because of all the different dimensions of singing and technique and things like that. <clears throat> but I think it, it, it's a great tool to kind of be able to identify pitch if you're ambitious enough. Any, I think, any karaoke game or 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 anything of the like would at least help you learn the song. Um, but I I think like singing is, I, I would I would venture to guess that singing is 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 much more than just knowing like what a, a song is like. Are you can you sing it by yourself without the backing vocals? Can you sing it without visual guidance? Can you sing another song by hearing it? And you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. And now you're talking about singing in general, like being a singer. Right. If you're talking about like singing a specific song, then of co- uh, yeah, of course, you, you, you hear it more, you get used to it more, you get the feedback, but I don't know that the feedback is as accurate as it could be, and like I've seen people sing it on point and the arrow not point at the thing. So mm-hmm. like in his current state, eh, maybe. Not really though, so I don't know. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say so yet. Um, I'll say this much: it it would it's probably as good uh, a tool for letting you learn how to sing as it is for a complete and utter newbie learn how to drum. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, because you take you take a, a pair of drumsticks and you start drumming on uh, on the rock band drums, you get like I, I'm sh- I'm sure that a drummer will probably be sitting there going like, "No, you won't get the full experience. No, you won't." But you'll get the basics down of like, all right, this is the kind of um, form that my that my body needs to hold when it's sitting down at a drum set. This is how I have to coordinate my feet with my hands. Um, this is a way that I have to hold my drumsticks, etc., etc., etc. Like always with singing, it's it's more like, all right, this is the general pitch range of the song that I need to hit in order to not sound like a total fool. 
Um, now, two totally different things. I just I just think like for a point of comparison, that's how helpful it will be. Um, and I guess that is to say, definitely much more helpful than the guitar part teaching you how to play guitar. <laughs> um, non-pro. Yeah, I was gonna say now you know with the pro, it's different. Right, right. Yeah, I know what you meant. So, the only thing that I feel about drums is that rock band drums does not uh, really facilitate the physics of a drum set, uh, and it's missing the hi hat. And hi hat is one of the most important things. So when you like, you take well, somebody who like played nothing but rock band drums stuff now. and you put them in front of a real drum set, they're gonna have trouble. Still. Because there's resistance on the kick pedal, and there's re- resistance on the hi hat pedal, and then over, oh my God, there's a a, a symbol over here with a pedal. What what am I supposed to do with that? So I think that that also is a kind of a thing to say that rock band doesn't really teach somebody how to play drums as well as it could. Yeah, um, like I don't, I I wouldn't want to, you know, pretend to sit at a drum set and be like, yo, I uh. You know, I, I play rock band. I know how to do this shit, and then totally embarrass myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. So, rock band. Anything else, Pete? Super more more super meat boy talk because I'm sure that you might have forgotten something. No, uh, no, I'm just gonna say his last thing, and then I'm probably not gonna talk for the rest of the episode since I Aww. can't fucking follow conversations. Um, so the only other and stuff why is, is that? Because my internet sucks. Because your internet sucks. Um, internet so, sucks. The only other thing I've been doing... <laughs> you can't uh, do this on the internet. That was bad. He dropped. Other, no, I was waiting <laughs> for you guys to stop. The only other thing I did this week was learn how to play with my... This sounds really bad. Play with my yo-yo. <laughs> learn how to how <laughs> that to sounds better. wrong. Because um, I'm sure Austin remembers seeing me at PAX East try to yo-yo as part of my talent um, outside the Giant Bomb you know, panel. Remember that, Austin? Yeah, it was pretty bad. So uh, I'm learning how to yo-yo better, uh, and that's fun. <laughs> so that's exciting. They should yeah. make a video game out of your. They should make a Kinect game out of yo-yos, and then make it like flop because it would flop. Get in touch with Peter Molyneux. I'm sure he'd make a yo-yo uh, game. Get my balls. <laughs> get my balls. All anyway. right. So I'm not gonna say anything else for the rest of the episode. Don't call on me if I have something to add. I'll add it <laughs> if I can. Pete, do you have anything to add to that? Fuck you. I guess what he else doesn't. Is going on? Everybody, he <laughs> dropped again. Yeah. I have been playing a lot of 3DS. Um, actually, that's the only thing I've been playing, uh, really, specifically Street Fighter 4, Super Street Fighter 4 on 3DS. And then I went and installed it, uh, regular Street Fighter 4 on my laptop through Steam, and I was playing that too. Um, and it's it's really interesting how, like, well, not interesting, but. This is someone who's never played Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 4 before me, right? And I, you know, it's been a while since I played Street Fighter 4. And I turn on Super Street Fighter 4 and, like, I see all the characters there. And, it, you know, all the characters and all the costumes and whatever. And, you know, I don't give it a second thought because it's been such a long time since I touched Street Fighter 4. Then I go back to Street Fighter 4 and there are, like, ten characters and no costumes. And I'm like, what? Uh, huh? Like, I, I want to choose Metal Zangief, and I can't, like, do any of this shit. Like, what the hell's wrong with this game? And then I realized that, like, oh, yeah, you have to unlock everyone by, like, what, doing, like, ultras? By beating Seth with an ultra? What? Both rounds or something like that? Like, there there's some crazy conditions to unlock, like, um, Akuma or one of the stronger characters, I think. Or, no, 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 Goken, I think. Yeah, I think 
is Ottawa. He is uh, one of the default. Uh, he might be. Yeah, he might be. But like, yeah, I you know it's it's one of those things where it was just kind of like a shock to remember kind of how limited the older version was. It's you know it's the exact same effect of you know you're playing you know Street Fighter Two Turbo. And you're doing hurricane kicks in the air, and you've got you know Sagat and and and, and Bison as as playable characters, uh, and it's a fast game, and you know the 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 grunt that the characters have when they throw you is is a, a certain grunt, and then you go back to Plain Jane Street Fighter Two, and it's slow and floaty, and you've got eight characters, and you can't choose the same character, and the portrait art for Ryu looks like really like he's got a lot of baby fat on him, <laughs> and 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 the throwing and the the sound that you make when you throw someone is completely different, and it's just like this. This game came from that, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and then you go back to Street Fighter, and everything is super floaty. And you can't do the special moves because they weren't programmed right, and you right. only pick Ryu. And if you, the only way you can play with Ken is if you beat Ryu in a two-player match. And and Sagat looks like a little bitch <laughs> without a scar, though. But see, without I mean, that's scar. the thing. The, the thing is that, like, for for that, it's slightly different because it's an entirely different game. Yeah, I know. Whereas, like. You're kind of we we've been kind of like been, been slowly cattle prodded along this chain. Well, at least in Street Fighter Two, this chain of Street Fighter Two to Super uh, sorry, Street Fighter Two to Street Fighter Two Championship Edition to Street Fighter Two Turbo, and then all the way to you know Super and then Super Turbo, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, the uh, longest Street Fighter title, Super Street Fighter Two X for a matching service. Grand oh no, Grand Master or something like that for a matching service. The Dreamcast one. Is that what it was called? Yeah, it was like Super Street Fighter 2X Grandmaster Flash. for matching service. Um, so I wonder if we're gonna get like a like a Super Street Fighter 4 Turbo, and then like it just breaks loose. I don't know. I, I'm sure they won't do that again, but um, just interesting to see the progression between. And this one, this one was like I don't know how many playable characters there were in regular Street Fighter 4, um, but at least just for the stuff that was unlocked um, at the outset, like this is. Pretty much a, a giant leap. Now, character-wise, I don't know what they changed. Like, I don't know the subtleties of what they changed. I know they nerfed Zangief a little bit, but he's still kind of overpowered and cheap, which is why I use him. Um, <laughs> Pete, do you have anything to add to that? No, he doesn't. Um, and I think, like, the new character... Well, new characters are new, obviously. That's what's new about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sure there were some, like, tweaks to move priorities and... Yeah, they and, said oh, that they oh, fixed oh, oh. minor problems from from Street Fighter 4. Right, and every, like I think everybody got a second revenge attack that you could choose from, which makes it reminiscent of Street Fighter 3. You mean Ultra, um, right? It's Ultra, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's called Ultra. I'm sorry. It, you feel the revenge bar. Dude. Yeah. Ultra. Ooh. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's one of those things that you're, you know, unless you're just well, let me put it this way: you should you should get that version, obviously. Super Street Fighter but, 4. Yeah, but yeah. if you like, if you if you unlocked everybody in regular Street Fighter Four, and you you're not too sure that you care about the extra characters, like I don't know that um, I don't know how essential it is. Like th- this is like the same question of if you were to ask me: Is Street Fighter Two Turbo a better game, or is Super Street Fighter a better game? Hmm. I tell you, I tell you, Turbo is a better game. Now the question changes if you say. Super Turbo, that's a different story. Yeah, but I'd still have to like think about like, well, 
I kind of like the way that the mechanics worked in, in Turbo. Anyway, uh, I mean, but it, they're, they're, the changes aren't that drastic between 4 and Super 4, though. So, um, and Al, th- I think this is the, the first time you've touched the Street Fighter 4 product, right? No, no, I've played Street Fighter 4. Oh, um, regular Street Fighter 4. Regular Street Fighter 4. Okay. But I never owned it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I, I think I might actually buy Super Street Fighter 4 for Xbox and actually use controller, but uh, that's a serious digression. Like, I... I've been thinking about the games that I buy. Like, every time I think about buying another game, I think about this one particular game. Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit. That you bought and not played much of? I have not even opened it yet. (laughs) And I don't even know if I am going to get to it to be able to enjoy multiplayer. So I'm now considering kind of, like, selling it, like, on eBay, brand new. And since I actually only bought it for $5, because I got it, buy one, get one, $5, and then... The other game I bought, I actually do want to play, is Spider-Man Shadow Dimensions. I would be making dough. <laughs> you know? Sell a game for even 50 bucks or 40 Well, actually, it's probably 40 now in the store. So sell for 40 make 35 off the deal. Hey, fuck it. Fuck it! Fuck it! Um... Oh, and I, I, yeah. I wanted to. I was saving my 3DS stuff for the 3DS talk, but yeah, no, no, yeah. I am. I, I, I'm not talking about the 3DS itself. Just my experience with Street Fighter Four. Yeah. Um. But I um the the one thing about that that you know is not the fault of the game obviously but just the nature on which on which platform it appears um, that was terrible grammar <laughs> is like anybody will tell you you don't want to play a Street Fighter game on a SNES style pad yeah. like that even though uh, like technically we grew up playing it at home on Nintendo. So it's kind of almost like a return, but now we're all used to these arcade sticks ha- be having arcade well, sticks at home. Not, so it's... not even arcade sticks, though. It, it and and to me, it's not a return to anything good. Well, I know? can say it was. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like for me, it was. It wasn't a deal breaker for me because I'm already oh. used to playing on that type of format. Right, right. No, no, no. Th- that I can agree with. But it's like not even forget about the arcade sticks for a second. Just having all the attacks on your right hand. Yeah. is is already an improvement enough because like trying to hit that L button with your left hand and like whatever so like what I ended up doing is and, and what Street Fighter 4 on 3DS lets you do for those who don't know uh, they let you configure buttons four big buttons on the touchscreen to whatever you want which leads to a lot of cheap players who don't know how to play the game put their like ultras and supers on the touchscreen which is fine because I spinning power driver them anyway um, but you like I put um, I put weak punch and weak kick as the two uh, touchscreen buttons on the right-hand side of the touchscreen. So um, my Y and X buttons become the, the medium and fierce punches, and then the B and A buttons become my medium and uh, roundhouse kicks, which they don't call it that anymore. But it becomes those kicks, so everything is on the right hand, which makes it really weird when you try to combo in attacks with the touchpad buttons. I mean, it yeah. works, but you have to be very... You have to be very sprightly with your touch screen button presses, um, because otherwise, like if you if your finger stays on the touch screen a hair too long, it doesn't really register the right way. So, like when I'm trying to do combos with Zangief, which is basically like a low kick into uh, a spinning lariat, like sometimes it doesn't come out because I would forget and leave my thumb on the touch screen button like a smidge too long, mm. and that fucks up like. The, the way timing. that the game respond, yeah, fuck up the way that the game- not not just my own timing. Yeah, I mean, that mean the mess- game's timing. Right, right, right. It messes up the way it reacts to you, and it's all weird. 
So, but it's it's much better than you know using my index finger on like. And my my left bumper left bumper. Wow, listen listen to me. My mm. L button is so sensitive oh, that yeah. like I'll accidentally do uh, three punch move because I put uh, the L button as three punches. Uh-huh. I'll accidentally do like EX moves when I don't intend to. But half the time, like it'll like I'll end up doing um, them by accident, but to my benefit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because like most I'll, of the time I'll it's going to be a better move than what you're No, no, no. Expecting. Right, but not, that's not what I meant. Oh. What I meant was that, like, I, I'll i mean to do, like, um, I'll mean to do a, um, I don't know what the move is called with Zangief when he runs at you and grabs you, uh, but I'll mean oh, to do that move, which is, yeah, which, is a but... full cir- which is a full circle and a kick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll accidentally instead, like, brush up against the L button. And do an EX pile driver, which comes out faster and I think does a little bit more damage. Um, but the fact that I do that move and um, I'm already close to my opponent, like when I meant to do another one, like when I do half the time when I do that, I'm in the perfect scenario to do it where it'll be most effective. If that makes any sense, yeah, like I'm in, I'm intending to do the kick move, but, but I am do, doing that other move, and it's a better thing to do anyways. Right. And I didn't even realize it. So, like, it's like it, it, it kind of my mistakes cover up for my mistakes. <laughs> and you are pleasantly surprised. Yes. Um, but um, I um, I, th- I I I I kind of like the 3D in it, but I noticed that they had to kind of neuter the backgrounds. Yeah. In order and and that 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 kind of sucks because the backgrounds in 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 the console games are awesome. Like hippos jump out at you and shit. And you know, you can knock the wing off of one of the airplanes and guile state. Well, it's not really guile stage anymore, but like in one of those stages and you can't do that anymore. And they don't cheer for you. Oh, um, I, I guess maybe <clears throat> I don't know what is missing since I never play the game because everywhere I read, well, not everywhere I read, because I only really read, read one review and that was one of review. And they bitched hard about the backgrounds. And I'm like, what's the fucking problem? I'm not even looking at the background half the time, but I'm from what you're telling me now, it seems like the backgrounds are definitely a little bit more integral to the f- experience. It's and it's not so much the gameplay, but it's it's just still like whenever you look at a port and you see how they had to compromise it, it sucks. You know, regardless of whether or not it affects the gameplay, like you you still kind of wish that you had the full thing, and like it doesn't it doesn't warrant like a gigantically lower review score or too much focus on it. But it still sucks. It's like, um, like this is this is more than just like the bathtub not overflowing on the SNES version of the regular Street Fighter Two in the Honda stage. This is like. Like a big part of Street Fighter Four for a lot of people, uh, understandably so, was you know the art style, mm-hmm. and uh, for I should say for for those who weren't super invested in the gameplay, um, and you know a lot of that art style is compromised because like the hippos are gone, <laughs> you know, um, and it's not a big deal to me, but I, I I still you know it would be it would have been nice if they could have fit it in. I understand why True. they couldn't or why they you know felt like they shouldn't try. Right. Um, because like you can, like uh, you can kind of tell how it's a little bit choppy on the DS uh, when the 3D's turned on, like uh, very slightly, very slightly. Um, I I think I noticed the difference a lot when I installed four on my piece on my laptop and was playing it in 1080p and everything was moving like like chocolate milk. Oh, see, I don't I, know why I don't have that reference. I don't know why I chose chocolate milk, but that's <laughs> like it it 
oh my god, like she like at true 1080p, Street Fighter 4 at 60 frames a second is like a sight to behold, hmm. and it actually kind of makes MVC3 look like shit. I can I can probably relate. Like I kind of I like the art style of MVC3 because it's similar in that respect, and I like the way it looks in general. Like I think it looks fine, but I felt like Street Fighter 4 um, was a level above it because of the the artistic angle they took on it. Um, three just looks um, MVC three just looks like you know Marvel take Marvel two put into polygons, and Street Fighter four just looked like they totally reinvented the way that they were gonna you know make this thing look. And it, it it also doesn't hurt that the PC version lets you put different filters on it. Oh, so like I put like the ink block filter on and it it kind of outlines them more so it makes it look more like a comic book, right? Which is, which is kind of cool. Um. But yeah, that that's mostly what I've been playing. I I um I got into some online matches. I'm now uh, my my record is a lot worse now than when I first talked to you, Al. Oh goodness. Um, but I mean that's a good thing because I'm learning about how different people play. Um, but my first online match was silky smooth. It was from my house, and I got beaten three times in a row. And then I polished this guy off the next five games. He came back at me, won one game, and then I beat him three more, and then he just stopped. And I was like, this is a good rivalry. Come on, like you were beating me in the beginning. Like you shouldn't have to stop. Like I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I um, I played a bunch when I went down to Atlanta last weekend, and I got thoroughly owned by some Blanca player who did nothing but alternate like high rolls and low rolls, as if like that person didn't know how to play the game but knew how to play the game. If that makes any sense, yeah. Like it's the type of thing where like it's a totally legitimate strategy, and it's a totally good strategy because that's what lets you win. But it's also no fun, exactly. and you know. David Serlin would say, well, you should play to win, not play for fun. Sorry, I don't agree with you. I play for fun. Me too. Um, Fuck you, David Serlin. Sometimes. Yeah. But you're cool. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like the people who play Marvel vs. Capcom, who use Sentinel and like just use like helper, helper, you know, cheat move, helper, helper, cheat move. Totally legitimate strategy. Not a lot of fun. Um, versus someone who tries to like mix up combos, you know what I mean? Like do do all these different things, and so that's what it felt like playing against the Blanca. But I decided to make the most of it and be like, all right, if this person's gonna cheat me to death, I'm gonna use this opportunity to try to learn how to figure my way out of it. Um, and so I started, I started training myself a little bit better on how to use like focus attack cancels. For those who don't know and don't don't play Street Fighter Four, the new system about focus attacks in Street Fighter Four, um. Certain certain levels of focus attack give you invulnerability for one hit, so you can kind of use that to to gain some ground. If like someone's tr- trying to spam you with attacks, like you can you can charge up a focus attack and then cancel out of it with a dash, and you know try to move in on your guy or move away from the guy. And so I tried to learn how to do that a little bit, and it was working for a bit. Um, and I was winning some rounds against this person, but like they kept on beating me, and eventually the person just felt sorry for me and then stopped playing. <laughs> and and like let me beat up on him and I'm just like don't do that. Oh, like, he actually just, just like stopped. He stopped and he stood there for like one round and like let me take away the last half of his life. Me, oh, I'm just like God. Like I really wish that I had chat so I could be like, dude, don't do that. If you're beating me, you're beating me. I just want to learn. Like, like, okay, fine. Yeah, like maybe it... you're maybe maybe you're a little bit cheap and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Yeah, but at the same time. That's a strategy that I want to learn how to beat. So don't just stand there. Like, don't be in it. That, like, that's more insulting to me than being cheap. Is just sitting there and being like, okay, baby, baby. So I start, like, when he did that, like, eventually, when he got down to his last bit of health, I just, like, jumped away and started doing lariats. 
<laughs> like just just going like, dude, what the fuck is your problem? But then he wouldn't move, so I finally just took him down, and then like he beat me in the last round. And then like after after I got beat by him like six times in a row, like I was like, let's rematch. And then he like, you know how you can see them choose their option at the top half of the screen, like rematch or quit, right? Like he kind of wavered between rematch and character select, and then he just went down to quit. And I'm like, Ugh, Ugh. fine. Um, then I fought I fought against this Fei Long player who was like legitimately you know, interested in having a fun game. And he kicked my ass, but that was a much more fun game because he mixed up his strategies and, like, he kind of did the same thing where I was like, yo, let's re... Like, after three games, I was like, yo, let's rematch. And he was like, wavering, wavering. Nah, I'm gonna go. Um, But I... I'm surprised at just, I guess, how well it works. And maybe it's simply due to the fact that it's a Nintendo system online. Yeah, hey. But, like, it, it mostly works. Like, I did have some laggy matches... Um, which ended up playing to my favor a lot of times because with the spinning pile driver, the um, like his uh, Zangief's spinning pile driver uh, motion is so lenient now as compared to regular Street Fighter Two way back in the day that like um, I would like I would do a circle when getting up when waking up from a fall and then hit the hit the attack button maybe like a full half a second later uh, not that much but like a, sig- a noticeable time later than I would have in regular Street Fighter 2, and the move still comes out. Hmm. So with lag, like, that still happens. Like, i do a circle, and then, like, I'd hit the button, but because of lag, it wouldn't come out for a while, but then, like, it would still register and grab them, um, which is kind of why he's cheap. Hmm. Um, I ended up beating this one guy by doing that running move over and over again because, like, you know how he runs at you and then he, hit, he, he hits you over the head and grabs you? Yes. Um... I did that, like, maybe twice in a row, and then the guy got, like, frustrated because um, I don't know if he thought that the hit was an actual hit or if he didn't realize that it was just part of the animation. So he was, like... He, he looked like he was bewildered because, like, when he got up from a fall, I just kept on doing it, and he wouldn't counter it. <laughs> and then I did an EX version of it, which actually absorbs one hit. And when I did the EX version, he threw a fireball at me, but I absorbed that and <laughs> got him. Running. <laughs> And I got him, and, like, um, the last time I did it, um, you know, when he does the EX, when he runs, like, a full screen. Oh, really? And so, or something like that, and, like, he tried to fireball me again, and he, I think he thought that maybe since, number one, he fireballed me, and number two, he was so far away, that I wouldn't get to him. Nope. He just kept on running and grabbed him. Like, it was kind of that time when I was playing against you, and I kept on, like, that one, um running move, he kept on going after you, and you kept on having to jump back to avoid it. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you jump back like three times to avoid it, but yeah, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I stick with Zangief is because um, it's it's very, like, there's an element of fear that a lot of people kind of can't get over with him, where it's like, he's fucking giant, he's slow, he's a huge target, and I'm not that good with him, but the constant fear of, like, his throw range like puts you off a little bit, and it makes you retreat. And then, and then when 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 you see him running at you, and you're not an experienced player, you're like, what? What? Like, what is he doing? And then when you pull off the ex move, and you and the person realizes, thinks that you're invulnerable when you're really not. It's just one hit. Then they're like, oh, I don't, I I really don't know what to do now. Like, I don't know how to get away from this guy. And like, the strategy is simple. When you knock me down, don't stand next to me. Yeah. Number one, and number two, um, if I'm running at you, just jump over me. 
But like, you know, I, I get the same, I, I say that people get scared because I get scared the same way when people are playing Zangief against me. They're like running. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I think I played against a Zangief and we had a pretty good match. But I, I ended up, um, I ended up winning by a hair in the end. But wow, that's a lot of detail street for the four talk that I'm going to stop with because half the people probably just like, what's a focus attack? Um, <laughs> so we're going to take a little break and then just kind of go into our experiences with the 3DS um, and answer any questions that Pete might have about it. Hi, Pete. Hi, my microphone was muted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just making sure you're still alive. All right, we're going to take a break and be right back. Back, son. Um, Al and I got 3DSs. Um, I don't know if I told the story about me kind of cheating my promise and not getting a 3DS and going ahead to get the 3DS um, on the air, but I got a 3DS when I said I wouldn't. And I could blame Al for <laughs> sitting there and, and tweeting about it and like, yo, Street Fighter 4! Yo, I love this 3DS! And Austin Light on Facebook going, I love my 3DS! And then telling me that I should just bend to the will of Nintendo and get one. Um, but all I will do is blame myself and all the store credit that I had and the cats in the room waiting to get fed. Um, but yeah, I I ended up trading one in, uh, trading a whole bunch of old stuff that I was going to trade anyways in for a 3DS. So I got it. I got it in Ghost Recon and Street Fighter 4 uh, for 150 pretty much. Uh, Al, I believe those are the same two games that you have, right? Just Ghost Recon mm. and um, Street Fighter? Yep. Have you played Ghost Recon yet? Yes. Um, so for anyone out there, uh, Ghost Recon is not a first-person shooter, and actually, thank God for that, mm-hmm. um, because I wouldn't want them to sit there and be like, oh, we got to have a shooter and shoehorn it onto the 3DS. No, they actually turned it into a um, Valkyria Chronicles slash um, Advanced Wars-esque type uh, strategy game. Uh, and actually, because of that, the 3D is really effective, mm-hmm. because you're not, you're not moving the 3DS around a lot when you're playing that game. And it's like it's at it's at a nice angle where you can appreciate the 3D without kind of losing track of it because like when you're playing Street Fighter War, that thing is so intense. Yeah, that... and just moving like doing circles and fireballs, and then sometimes at least with me, I'm moving the DS such that the screen pops back. Yeah, I closed it once. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, I don't even want to talk about Street Fighter anymore. <laughs> but, but but not but not only that, but like the nature of the game is more intense, and so you 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 like well at least with me is I tend to focus cl- start to focus more closely on the screen and on like the characters, and then I it kind of like ruins, um, and maybe this is just because I have a little bit of astigmatism, but like it ru it when I try when I watch things in three D, I really have to kind of like focus on watching it in three D. If that makes any sense, like I have to focus on the screen, but not so hard that I almost become myopic. If you know, you know what I mean. Like if you look at something too hard, you know, you start focusing on a certain thing, and then you 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 uh, lose focus on the rest of the screen. Oh, okay. And that's that's my cat. Sorry. Hello, cat. Meow. She wants to play Street Fighter. Nice. 
Um, but you know what I mean? Like, if you look at something too hard, you're going to lose the, the peripheral perspective. And I feel like for watching a 3D thing, you kind of have to keep the entire screen, whether it be a movie or whatever, like, in your vision and, like, kind of just take it a little easier than you think you would have to. And when I'm playing something like Street Fighter, I really, really focus in, and, like, I end up losing all the 3D. Because my good eye <laughs> is the one that's looking at the screen, and my far-sighted eye is just totally like off in the corner somewhere. Um, so yeah, it's it's easier to see the 3D with Ghost Recon. Um, I always turn it off for Street Fighter, but then I turn it on for stupid, simple shit like um, like the uh, 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 the swirling uh, menu icons when you when you don't have a DS game in, and you're just on the home screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I when you press the ho- have it on for that. Yeah, and then when you press the home screen and the top screen just kind of fades in, and I'm like, I like looking at the 3D on this part. I'll just look at this for a while. It's like it's really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what do you think so far of the device and like what they do with it? And, and first of all, actually, for for Pete, I'm going to call on you because you might have dropped and it'll be funny. Um, <laughs> have you have you spoken to anyone else who ha- do you know anyone else who has a 3DS? Has ha- ha- have there been any like you know? interesting things that you've seen or wondered about with the 3DS, like, for all the covers that you've been reading or any friends that might have it? Um, the short answer is no. I mean, like, aside from what we've seen of it at PAX, I haven't really touched or seen anything else of it since then. I mean, my roommate has one, but I haven't really talked to him about it, because I don't know. I don't talk to my roommate. Oh, <laughs> That's a whole different story, though. Um, so yeah, the short answer is no. Gotcha. Um... Okay, so then we don't have to answer any of your questions then, because you have none. Uh, Al, I mean, what do you think so far of the device itself, like the ergonomics, the way that they set the home screen up, screen screen up the buttons? What what color did you get? I had the black one. Uh, I think the blue one was more popular than the black one, but uh, I didn't want a blue DS. Uh, It's not even really blue. That's the weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, But I I kind of like this color. It's like almost emerald because of the kind of finish that they have on it. Mm-hmm. And and I have a black... I had a black DSi, and I have a, I have a black DSi XL, so it's like... Uh, a black DS Lite, sorry. And a black DSi XL, so I'm like, I don't want another you know black one. Mm-hmm. I've My monitor's black, my Wii remote's black, my stapler's black, my keyboard's black, my PSP's black, my cat's black. Uh, <laughs> let me get a blue thing, you know? Spice it up a little bit. Yeah, makes sense. See, now you're talking to somebody who's coming straight from a, a original DS. <laughs> right, the, the the silver one. The red one. Oh, the red one. That's right. I'm sorry. With the did it have a? It, it had a stencil on it, right? No. It was oh, just I red. thought it had a. Okay. With a, a silver on the bottom. Um, it was just a Mario Kart one. Gotcha. And what's kind of uh, funny about that is that I got into a situation where I had to charge my 3DS and I wanted to play Dragon Quest 6 so I popped it out and put it into um, my original DS. And they're interchangeable that way. When it comes to playing DS games, I don't feel like I've downgraded once I took my game out of the 3DS and put it into the DS, which I think is a good thing. Uh people were talking about how sometimes the, the the resolution of the game is off. And it could just be because I'm playing like 2D-ish, predominantly 2, 2D games, that the effect is not really present. 
but aside from the two uh, dish games such as well, the only game I've been playing is Dragon Quest Six. Oh, Dragon Quest, right, right, okay. Which it, it does have some three D in it, but it's predominantly two D. Right. But if I was to play something like I don't know, um, name a, a game that's in three D. Phoenix Wright. That's not in three D. Oh, I think it's a two D. No. Uh, game Metroid Prime Hunters. Well, the Metroid Prime Hunters. Now, I wonder if <laughs> that's me. going Ooh. to be any different. Um, but that I could find that at any time. I probably won't find out for a while. But aside from the the backwards compatibility, which for me is spot on, um, the 3D effect I really enjoy, uh, especially in things like freaking AR games and. Uh, let's see, AR games and Face Raiders. That was like crazy. To be in a room and to be able to look at these images coming out from the room in 3D and the forms of the images are completely in 3D and they kind of like have depth to them. Uh, it's really crazy for me to look at. And, uh, what was I doing? I did something, and the 3D effect was really out there. I think it might have been uh, Face Raiders, and I, I made a face, uh, a second face for myself, and when that face transformed into the boy's character, it was, like, out there. So I kind of like that effect. There's also another event, um with El Fuerte in... Um, that 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 game, Street Fighter. Yeah, we were talk- just talking about that it. game. That game. He has an ultra where he f- jumps into the air and the camera pans up to show like the floor, and his body's coming up toward the screen. Mm. That made me like pop back, like oh shit, because you really kind of felt like he was coming toward like the glass of the screen, and it was it right. was boggling your vision. And I tried to do it in 2D, and it looks kind of the same, but it doesn't have that ooh effect to it. Um, so I like the, the the little extra effect that the three <clears throat> that the 3D is giving. But since all the software is in its infancy, I I just can't wait for it to really be optimized and to see things work out. Um, the form factor I I like, but I feel like there's a certain stickiness like playing Street Fighter with the directional pad and playing Vega is really tough for me because trying to do the advanced things like in the trials, doing the combos, and even playing um, online, doing the, the the ultras and the supers with the charge back, down, and then down forward, down back, up forward to do the... the... Oh, those are a nightmare on that pad. Right. Even the circle pad. They're a nightmare on both for me. Yeah. Because sometimes I try and like charge back and he's walking back so it's not working out that way and then when i'm doing the rest of the movement it doesn't come it doesn't come out sometimes he, you know vega jumps back or vega will do um the just a regular jump off the wall so the control there is a little bit tough and sometimes i get into a little bit of a bind when i'm playing say dragon quest and i'm constantly switching between the circle pad and the the D-pad because in mm. battle the circle pad always is you know bouncing off. So if I want to select something and I'm trying to be fast with it, I could wind up selecting something I don't want. Right, so it, it, it might end D-pad. up putting an extra input where you don't want it. Yeah. So um, 
switching my finger like that and holding the DS down there where the, you know, in that corner is a little uncomfortable. But it is what it is and it's it's not that much. I mean, you get that same kind of feeling from the PSP, except it's in reverse. You know, right. with the the analog nub on the yeah. bottom, and when you play, I get that same pain in my thumb on a PSP that I do well on the DS that I get with the PSP. So I'm used to it. Right. Uh, it's it's. Sli- I feel like it's a slightly different sensation though, because um, and with with the with so with the DualShock controller, yeah. Um, the the analog stick gets in the way of when I'm trying to like use uh. It's kind of hard to explain, but just the ergonomics of how like the thumb is in its natural state, mm-hmm. and I'm again always, always, always pantomiming like someone can see me. <laughs> um, but like at rest, like the thumb is in a certain state where like it's more inclined to knock against the analog stick where it is on the DualShock than it would be if if I was playing with an Xbox controller or a GameCube controller. Um, on the PSP, that's somewhat alleviated because it's not a raised stick and it's off to the side and an angle. With the 3DS, it's more of a problem because um, the 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 stick is directly above the D-pad. Like, and when I say directly above, I mean it's not off to the side at an angle like it is on the GameCube controller. It's like literally on top of it, um, and it's big, which is part of why it's good, mm-hmm. but also why it's easier to hit with my thumb. <laughs> so. Like I, I think I've done some some things where I've accidentally jumped back when I meant to jump forward because the, the top of my thumb hit the bottom of the of the slide pad when I'm trying to jump with a D pad. Okay. It, so like yeah, I, I totally feel you on that weird on that weirdness there of like hitting stuff by accident. Um, I wanted to uh, touch upon the backwards compatibility bit. I did notice like some pretty bad. Um, interpolation, like interpolation itself is not bad, but like it, it just, it just looks bad. Um, when I tried to put in Phoenix Wright, like y- y- you notice on on any other DS that the text is crisp and clear, and when you put it on the 3DS and you stretch it out to fit the resolution, it it looks like I'm it, it looks like I'm reading um, a what's what's a good parallel for this. Looks like I'm I'm trying to stretch out um a 1020 uh, a, a 10 by 7 desktop on a 1080p monitor. Okay, so you t- like no, you're taking a 4 by 3 and stretching it out to a 16 by 9. No, 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 no. I, I should say I I I, sh- I shouldn't even say that. I'm sorry. I should say I'm really just trying to get to the concept of of it. So a better comparison would be uh, setting my desktop to 10 by 7 resolution when my monitor is capable of 12 by 10. Oh, with the uh, the, the kind of blurry extra yeah, pixels like, on the right, on like it, words. It, and stuff it looks like that. exactly like it looks fine, like it fits a screen, uh, and you can deal with it. But something's off. Now I have a question. You, I may have an answer. How do you do that? How do I do what? Stretch it. Okay, I believe when you start up the DS and you hit the DS game, you have to either hold down start or select or A, one of those buttons, and then it boots up in full screen mode. Oh. Um, the sensation I get when I play the DS game in like mini screen without doing any of those button presses um, is like watching the game on a, a GB Micro. It's, it's almost too small, um, but it looks really good. Like Phoenix Wright looks a- a- as... Here's going to be a challenge with grammar. 
as <laughs> this is gonna be great. As poorer <laughs> as Phoenix Wright looked when in stretched mode, it looked that much better when in small mode. The degree the the degree to which uh, the quality of Phoenix Wright deteriorated when I tried to stretch it out is the same degree to which the quality improved when uh, improved from a regular DS when I tried to play it in small mode. Like it was just so much crisper, and because it was crisper, the color was a little seemed. Maybe not actually was, but seemed a little bit more um, intense. Interesting. Um, again, it's the same thing with the G- Game Boy Micro. If you've ever played um, something on a Game Boy Micro, of course, and then gone back and gone back, back to, to a to Game Boy Advance SP, and the SP is just yeah. like, oh my god, how can I have played on the SP? It's so blurry. Right. Yeah. So, um, and apparently Nicole Raphael has tagged a photo of me on Shoppy Bag. I am not on anything called Shoppy Bag, so you must be a spam. <laughs> anyway, um, I you know what I really like about this is the street pass uh, concept combined with you know just the whole the whole concept of what they added in with the sleep mode. Yeah. Um. There's a street pass. There is. I don't know what spot pass is. I still don't know spot exactly pass what it does. Is essentially like in layman's terms. Um. It's the ability of the DS to connect with a hotspot. Or your whatever, like your wireless router as it is now at home, and get updates on the fly. Like, have you gotten notifications on your Street Fighter about Street Fighter? Yes, and that's actually one of the things I was going to talk about. I got a, um, I got a figurine. Mm-hmm. That's from, from Spot Capcom. Pass. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So Capcom sent me a password that I put into Street Fighter Four, and it gave me a free figurine. I think it was a level seven Blanca, which I was pretty happy. about. Yeah, that's what um, I. I think everybody has the same one. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. But what what I what I kind of get a kick out of is the play coins as it's driven by the pedometer. Mm-hmm. So so for anybody who doesn't know, when you put the DS in sleep mode and you walk around with it, it tracks your steps. I don't know how accurate it is, but it tracks your steps. And for every X hundred amount of steps you take, it gives you a play coin. Yeah, and those a, play coins, 10. ten. Okay, a, a day. Yeah, ten a day. Okay, so ten a day, and you can use those play coins in uh in games. In some games, not all, but some games, I believe, like Street Fighter Four, lets you purchase. Um, oh, now I have to step back a little bit. In Street Fighter Four, to purchase these little figurines, you have to accumulate figurine points, which you get by uh, playing against people or or playing arcade mode or or just basically playing in a match. You can purchase additional figurine points with play coins that you earn outside of the game. Um, in addition, you can also use play coins in the built-in mini games in the Mi Plaza in the 3DS. So, like, there's this game called uh, Puzzle Pieces where you just kind of collect puzzle pieces from people you meet uh, with your DS clothes. Like, if if people have their DS clothes and they walk by you and, like, you kind of uh, invite their Mi into your plaza, you can get puzzle pieces from them. And when you collect all the puzzle pieces for a picture, you form a picture, which is a redundant way of saying that. (laughs) Um, but also, if you have no friends or or you don't like sunlight and you don't like going outside, you can use the play coins that you accumulate to buy puzzle pieces. And I actually bought the same one that I already had. I don't know how that happened. Um, you can also use them in this game called Find Me, where it's like a quasi RPG where you have to hire heroes to find you. To find heroes... you, yeah. <laughs> and because because the, the whole concept is like, oh, you're locked up in a cage, and now you have to send people to find you. Mm. Find your me. Um, and you can either, like, you, you'll either have heroes, uh, who are, who have come to your Mii Plaza, 
who are basically other people's me's, those will be heroes that kind of go after you and try to try to help you escape. Or if again you don't have any friends or you don't walk around town and you don't believe in sunlight, you can buy you can hire heroes for those using those play coins. Um, and I'm sure there are like a whole bunch of other other things that you can use those play coins for, probably in in future games or in pilot wings or something oh, like that. But yeah. um, but um, do you know if they use any of them in the AR games? No, um, not that I know of. I've with AR games, I've only played the archery and uh, AR ball, which is like golf, mini golf. Okay. And um, I did the the posing with the other cards. You can the posing is really cool. Uh, you basically put you have just for anyone who doesn't know, AR games is uh. Augmented reality games based on the 3DS camera and a set of cards that comes packed with the DS. Six cards. One is a box with a question mark on it, which is the the source of the game. And then there's a Mario card, a Pikmin card, a Zelda card, not a Zelda card, a Link card, a Samus card, and a Kirby card. So one of the modes is archery, where basically you're moving the DS around uh, the the question mark box card, which has actually now in the in the D3DS the itself, has formed into a set of boxes, and they have targets on them. You shoot targets, and it evolves into a, a dragon that you have to dodge and defeat. Then there's um, AR ball, where the actual landscape of the box morphs, and it becomes different little like mini golf courses. And what you have to do is you have to uh, you're basically taking a, a cue stick and you're hitting a ball and you get one shot well not one shot but you have to make the hole in, in one that shot. shot and it's best you, you basically get a, a, a bonus if you do get it in one shot but you can do it in as many sh- shots as you can some of them are static where you um the hole comes up and you have to just basically know what angle you're going to hit the ball from and boom the ball goes through the hole. And then sometimes the hole is actually moving, and you have to time your hit so that the ball goes into the hole. And one of them was like, you hit the ball, and it has to go around a, a hill and then go into a moving target. And that one, it took me a while to get, but it was really fun. Then there's the, I forget what it's called, but it's the something about pictures, uh pose picture i forget whatever but what you do is you take <laughs> you take the other cards that you have um mario card uh, the samus card whatever you put it on a table and then it makes mario or samus depending on what card you put up come out of the card and then you pose them you can move them around in the vicinity of the 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 question mark card which actually comes up as a box a walking box with a question mark and it, the top is open you can see eyes when you press the button, I think the maybe the A button or, or the, the B button or the No, I think it may be X or Y because the A button, I think, takes a picture and B goes back. So when you press X, it may change the pose out of like five or four or five set poses. And then the Y button makes them shrink or grow larger. So you can have this like super-sized Kirby and this really, really tiny Mario and you can take a funny picture of them. And it's really just a novelty, but it's cool. Like I took a picture of Samus shooting the shit out of Kirby because Kirby has a, a pose where it looks like he's getting hit. And Samus has this pose where she's kind of down on one arm and then the other arm is up and there's a beam coming out of it. So I angled it and set it up so that the beam is going through Kirby. And boom, it's a picture. 
Right. Uh, so I don't. That's all I know of AR games. Just that. So I don't know if you can use coins with them. Going back to the right. subject, I um, I like the concept, and I was I was having a I'm, I wasn't like super super impressed by it. Not not that I have to be impressed by it, but I just you know like I kind of I don't know what it was. I guess it's because I was expecting it, but like I just saw it happen. I was like, okay, that's that's kind of cool. Um, my problem with it though was that I had to turn off the 3D in order to not have the image split because I could not get a handle on the image. Hmm. Um, like 90% of the time I was seeing slightly double. Again, it's probably because of my astigmatism. But like with the dragon flying around and all that stuff like um and moving the 3DS around like it just be- it just became a chore to to keep my eyes focused on it in the right way that would let me see it in 3D so I just turned it off mm-hmm. uh at some point. Um that's another thing about it because of my astigmatism because my left eye is far sighted and my right eye is near sighted like I have to hold the DS like at an angle. Yeah, slightly mm. tilted. Um so that like if if I if I if I lay the DS flat on a table and I was looking down at it, I would have to lift the right edge of it like maybe half a centimeter off the table. Mm-hmm. While keeping the left edge of it on the table. That's the type of angle that I have to look at it with um because of my astigmatism and I think the problem is a little bit ex- uh, alleviated when I wear my glasses because my lens sizes are different. Right, right. Um, so, so it, it kind of, of regulates your vision. Yeah, but I need new glasses anyway, so it's not. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't entirely fix that. Um, uh, what else do I like about it? I, I mean, obviously the the centralized friend code. Is yeah. Good. I mean, it's it's a long time coming, and that should have been the way it was in the first place. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and super bitch about you know friend codes as a stupid thing, but I would hope that whatever next device they put out, whether it be a console or a, a, a portable or whatever. That they that they find a way to simplify that because my big thing with friend codes isn't that like um, you don't get you don't get to like define your name as freely as or something. I, I, I like I think a lot of people are just like I want to be able to to you know reserve my name. That's not what I'm complaining about. What what I'm complaining about is like um, in in an environment where it's easier to mnemonically remember someone's name mm-hmm. or unique screen name. Like, I could say, my screen name is Mr. Chupon. But now I have to tell you, well, my friend code is, are you ready for this? Right, do you have a pen? One seven seven three five five three six six three two seven five seven three. It, random number. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's anybody's number. But it, it's, just, it's just a usability thing. And I understand that they're worried about the kids and all that shit. Yeah. Um, but you know who's to, who's to prevent like some guy from you know seeing what their friend code is and he's like ten years uh, ten times your age. It, it, it <laughs> ten times up, your age. I'm just saying. Like what what really does it? What really protects it? What really protects people? I think is the fact that um like you can't like you you can't um you can't add someone unless they add you first and then you have to know that they added you. Yeah, because it kind of just goes into the ether. Right. And so if you're already going to use that level of security, then there's no need to like sit there and fiddle with numbers. But I think the other thing is that Nintendo just doesn't want to have to maintain those names. And, you know, my opinion is oh, yeah. grab your balls and do it because that's the better way to do it. Mm-hmm. You're I already mean, making enough money off the console. Right. <laughs> you um, can spend a little bit on um, 
you could, yeah, maintaining you could spend server. This, right, exactly. Um, and I, I, you know, I do, um, I do also wonder if this friend code idea is also what impacts how you manage your account with Nintendo. The mm. whole thing about I have a whole bunch of downloadable games on my Wii. If my Wii breaks, I need to send it in to Nintendo to get that shit transferred. I can't just re-download my games off of the Nintendo store, uh, off the online shop, because it's not tied to any account. So, like, if they're if they're if if they're furthering if they're further saying, oh, all this ID stuff is tied to your DS, it's tied to a, a special number that's centralized to your DS. It's not tied to a name that you sign up with. Well, then that's another problem with not having a centralized, you know, server that keeps your names is that you you have no account tracking. Right. You had there is no centralized location with which you although there is technically because when you if you register for club.nintendo.com, all of your information funnels to that. Right. But um, they don't use it like that. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, you have an online profile, but this is not your your consumer account. Right. This is this is just your community account where you can you can take surveys and earn play coins for that and win prizes, but, you know, the stuff that you actually bought, yeah, just make sure your shit doesn't break. Or then send it into us. You know, it's, it, it's, that, that's, that's really my beef with the friend code idea, is that it lets them get away with not asking you to sign up for something that they can use to maintain your customer account. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing for me. It, now, now, if they said, here's your stupid lame-ass friend code, and you can link it to your Nintendo account, and we're going to start tracking your downloads. Okay, fine. I can live without. I can live with the friend codes for another generation if they're going to do that. But I don't know if they are. You know, that, that's my biggest problem with that. Yeah, we'll have um, to wait until the eShop comes out. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's an, see. That's another problem that I have with this thing is that you go and you go on. Oh, you know what? I have a DSi XL. I've got all these great downloadable games, and I'm not being facetious here. Like all the downloadable games I have, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I have all these great downloadable games. But I, you know, I, I kind of want to give my DSi XL away. I don't need it anymore. I have a 3DS, or I want to sell it back, or whatever. Hmm. 3DS has system transfer. Let me click on it. Sorry, system transfer will come with an update to the system in a few months or weeks or whatever. Thanks. I can't do what I want to do with this thing. Well, maybe I'll just browse the web. Oops, sorry. Web browser's not going to come for another month and a half or however many weeks it takes to come out. But doesn't the DSi come with a browser in it already? Maybe Why they're making can't... it. Well, they're probably, maybe there's some kind of software modification that they have to perform for 3D. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that they should just rip the browser out, but I'm saying that, like, you know, you've, you've already kind of set this standard for including these generic... Um, almost expected items. Right. And now that you've take now that you you're kind of stepping back and saying, "Well, hold on a second, we're not going to do that anymore." Uh, you know, it, 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 and agree, I I will agree to an argument that some people have that it's like it's a syndrome of like, "Well, now everyone expects to have something because the internet age, everybody wants something for free or everybody feels entitled to this or whatever." Well, you know, guess what, buddy? You're the guys who set that standard. So if you don't want us to feel entitled, you know, don't do something at first and then not do it in the future. It's kind of like the vibration thing with the with the DualShock 3 and the uh, the Sucks Axis. It was like, 
oh, you know, we think that, you know, motion is the future and vibration is in the past. And people were just like, dude, we like the vibration. Let's cop out. Because yeah. that was just their excuse for the right. whole lawsuit. Right. Which, which of course, which I, which I thought it was great that Phil Harrison was just like, came out and said like, dude, what, what the hell else did you want us to say? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like we said that because of the lawsuit. <laughs> it, I respect him for that. But, um, uh, yeah, like I, I think whatever they're doing, like either it shows that they're not ready like, or, or not that they're not ready, but that, that they're not, they're not like considering that there are so, certain basic things that you should probably provide now that you set an expectation or that they really did rush this out. Because yeah, I, I'm best. thinking more toward they rushed it out. Yeah, I think they really rushed. Well, I think it's both, but mm-hmm. I think more more of it is the fact that they rushed it out. I mean, y- you see that, then you see the fact that the launch window is three months long. Yeah, that's a gigantic launch window. Yeah, especially it, it, for a console that you know it's portable. It's not like it's your home console where you can kind of afford to not have too many launch games for it because you're not really going to be home all the time. But I have my 3DS with me all the time, and what am I doing? I'm playing a fucking DS game 90 percent <laughs> of the time on it. And you know, I I honestly don't mind because I I'm coming from a original DS. But if I was coming from a DSi or a DSi XL, I'd be livid. Right. Right, because cause you are seeing so many benefits over the old one, but like me, I'm just like, uh, I have all these downloadable shits. Mm-hmm. I would like to use them. Right, but I without can't. bringing two port two DSs with you. Right, but, but now I can't. So I'm going to guess I, I'm going to you know play these launch games that don't come out until June. June, really? That's a launch game? I don't think so. The launch window for the original DS was from. November, when did it come out? 17th? I don't remember. Or 4th or something. It was from November until the holiday season. Which a is month. a month. Mm-hmm. A month. But it makes sense because it was near the holidays. Yes. Uh, the PSP launched with like, I don't know, like 30 titles within the span of one month. Or mm. something nuts like that. And this is just like, yeah, we're going to wait till June. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that you'd call it a launch anymore, buddy. I, I don't think so. Not unless you like, you... Uh, make another marketing blitz and introduce like a new, you know, AR card in with the 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 DSs that are sold in June and then piss us all off because <laughs> we got the early package of AR cards. It's like send us a fucking free AR, AR card. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I I feel like it was a good purchase for me. I don't think it was a necessary purchase like the original DS was, like the you know, uh, like some of the consoles that I bought were. Um, at this point in time, mm-hmm. but it's kind. Of, I'm kind of in that middle state where I don't regret it, and at the same time, I know that I really probably wouldn't would have been just fine without it. Like the DSi, uh, I'm sorry, not DSi. Like the DS Lite, I got it pretty early on, and I was just like, "There's no way that I would have like now that I know that I have this. There's no way that I could tolerate the old DS." Right. Like I tried playing my old DS when my when my shoulder buttons on the light went off the fritz, and I was. I was just like, oh my god, like this thing is so clumsy to hold. The buttons are so, they have no throw to them. It's so, like, the brightness is so just not there. And oh my god, I can't, like, I, I was so spoiled. Um, that's another thing I want to ask you about the DS, the 3DS. Like, I don't like the buttons at all. Like, what are your thoughts on them? I don't mind them. Um, I th- they're not like the original DS buttons. Uh, but. I don't mind them. I mm-hmm. did you mind the original DS buttons? Not really. 
it, it, the only thing that I have a problem when it comes to the controls of the 3DS is <clears throat> the like the rocking of the the D-pad. It does doesn't really rock to me. So when I'm holding like down back or you know those those diagonals, it doesn't seem to really do it all the way for me. It may only do, do one it. direction. Yeah, and that's, then sometimes it's like sticky throw. too. Yeah, that's the lack mm-hmm. of the throw on the buttons. Like if um, I don't know if you remember how the original Game Boy Advance buttons felt. Um, how they were a little bit squishy. They had a nice level of rock to them. They, they, yeah. had, they had throw to them. Oh, I got um, the original Game Boy Advance still, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and then when you compare it to how an SP feels, which mm-hmm. feels like cell phone buttons. And the has, SP has, has the same buttons as the DS. Right, and, which which has the same button, which to me is, you know, and I'm going to open this right now and, and feel it, but like, it has pretty much the same buttons on the, uh, I mean, they, they look slightly different, uh, they look way different and they feel slightly different but it still has no throw on the 3DS and that's what bothers me the most mm-hmm. um, is a lack of throw and, and the same thing with the DSi XL I don't know why they continuously you know <laughs> put these buttons on there buttons. I, I, but I just I don't like them like I you know I like the buttons on the GBA and the DS Lite and the PSP you know I wish they would have more click more throw not click that's the wrong word I'm sorry because click is the cell phone style button mm-hmm. more, more squish if that makes more any sense. More squish. Um, and that sounds really gross. But um, let's see. Anything else that we're missing about the DS? Like like anything about Street Pass that I missed? Or um, um, oh, I I they download with the system update. They downloaded an OK Go music video in three. Ah, uh, yes, I wanted to talk about that. Not so the, not that specifically, but um, 3D videos. I'm kind of looking forward to that. The, the the prospect of having Netflix and the 3D streaming content. Um, but I find that games look... Or maybe it's only because I only have one reference video. But the video game graphics are much more appealing to me than watching uh, a full motion video in 3D. Right. That would be interesting. I mean, I my biggest thing about 3D in the theaters was like, I don't want to wear the stupid glasses. I don't. Mm-hmm. And you know, having experienced glasses free three glasses free three D on the three DS is is relatively a godsend because like shit, I don't want to wear the glasses, and this is great that it works. But at the same time, having experienced it, great technology looks really cool. Don't need it. So. Like I, I, you know, I, I'm interested to see how my viewing experience, if my mind gets changed when I'm watching something passive, because when I say I don't need it, it's because like, look, I'm playing the game. My mind is more on playing the game and and you know understanding its intricacies more than just seeing it in 3D. But when I'm watching something passive, like a TV show or a movie, all there is to it is watching it and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no kind of interactivity with my brain to it. I just, you know, am, am watching it and absorbing it and taking it in. So maybe, you know, 3D, I, I would be more willing to consider glasses-free 3D more, I don't want to say necessary, but for lack of a better word, more necessary than it would be for gaming. Right. In In the sense that, like, yes... This is something that I would tur- to- turtly. This, turtly. Is this is something that I would turtly 
want to have the 3D slider turned on at all times for, whereas, like, with Street Fighter, sometimes it turned it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I watched the OK Go video, and it was pretty cool in 3D. Um, yeah. And never mind the fact that OK Go usually makes music videos that are pretty trippy anyway. Not trippy, but, like, Rube Goldberg-esque. Yeah. Um, like, so that that in and of itself was kind of a good choice to make in terms of, like, what should we show off in 3D? Let's get an OK Go video because those guys are nuts. Yeah, they and, do like, it, crazy it, things like that, like a video with trained dogs. And, yeah, and, like, it... it it did make use of the 3D pretty well. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I what I am skeptical of are those stupid comedy shorts. They're like, oh, Nintendo is going to produce comedy shorts now. Is that actually going to be Nintendo? Because if it is, I'm scared. But if it's going to be like comedy shorts from like people who actually do comedy, like that aren't making it specifically for the 3DS, mm-hmm. but they are doing it in three, they are doing it with the 3DS in mind, so it's in 3D. But like you could probably also get these other things on Hulu. Okay, great, because then it's not like some weird Nintendo exec being like, hey, you know what would be funny? Yeah. If we made a Pokemon joke. <laughs> hey, you want to look at my Bulbasaur? Ha, 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 I made an adult joke, you know? Eh. So, um, anything else? Because uh, I think you've had you've had a few more hours with it than I have, so maybe you've discovered something. Uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, there's like little things that everyone should probably discover on their own, like the menu right. and... Um, the whole like initialization of 3D, like that first experience, is something that you it's, it's something that you should look forward to. Like if you get a 3DS, go through the setup and just turn that 3D slider up, and then hit the button. and It goes three, two, one, and then like your 3D. mind gets blown. You're like, oh my god, look at this shit! It's in the back of the screen. I can't touch it, but it's there. <laughs> um, um, oh, mm-hmm. one other thing I like, which is really silly and like inconsequential but I like the charging stand yeah I, was, I, I, just, I, I just like too. having it there and not n- number one not having to pay an extra 10 to 15 dollars for something that's just a piece of plastic but be the fact that like I can plug my charger in somewhere and then plug it into the back of the charging stand and then just put my DS in there because a lot of times what happens with me is like I have all these chargers plugged in everywhere like the charger for my phone and my mouse and all this stuff Right. and then like I'm hunting around on the floor to find the cable to plug it in <laughs> and like, yeah. if everything could just have a charging stand, then I wouldn't have to hunt for the. It's it's really stupid and really like minor, but I you know I I, I like that. Um, but I was going to say uh, that the ironic thing about the 3ds and experiencing it is that it's getting me even more excited for NGP. Oh yeah. Not in the sense that oh NGP is going to be 3D and blah, 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 but just the fact that it's like like um. Just the fact that it's a new toy. Okay. And and that given what they're trying to put into it and 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 like what types of experiences are possible on that thing in terms of like um the rear touchpad, which, you know, again might not be a big deal, but you know you never know what uh uh an in a kind of inventive developer can come up with for that stuff. Um and the fact that they have two analog sticks, and this is big for me, the fact that they have two analog sticks and the the, the graphical capability to play a game that doesn't stutter, you know, like like the possibility of playing Uncharted 3 on the road, like kind of almost unadulterated, is huge for me, mm-hmm. personally. Um, and, you know, just, I, I really think that the P, the original PSP, like, it, it went for certain things that, 
uh, at launch at least, that, you know, while everyone was like, oh my god, yo, full 3D man and all my portable looks awesome. I'm just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. that Dude, there's one analog stick, and it's not even a good one. Like, like I don't want that. Well, now that it has a good control scheme to handle the types of games that people like that that people seem to to be making for this for for the original PSP. Now I'm on board. You know, I, now I'm like, okay, you know what? If you're going to port console games over to a portable, but now that you finally have the right control scheme and the and the the hardware to tackle that, now I can accept that. I wasn't accepting that before because it was just like, I you know, I I don't want to Monster I, I don't Hunter. Need, <laughs> Oh, Even God, though Monster yeah. Hunter is not really a console game, but right. it would have benefited from dual analog. Right, right. And it's one of the things that's like, well, it probably plays better at home. Well, now it plays awesome on this NGP thing, and if they if that comes to reality, great. And that's actually one of the things that I fear with the 3DS going forward is like, yo, Street Fighter Four worked so great. Let's let's put Crisis on the 3DS. What? No, <laughs> don't. And, and again, that's why I'm glad that that the Ghost Recon that they put out for 3DS is a strategy game. I'm like, great, good move. Yeah. Because you see Ubisoft and the way they tried to shoehorn Splinter Cell on the original DS, I was like, no, like I don't want to see that again. You know, like, they're making when I, when I, Splinter Cell for 3DS, but it's yeah, probably a little bit more feasible now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a lot more feasible now. But like, when when I saw that Ghost Recon was coming out, I'm like, oh, great. Like, ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you said that you were buying it, or, or that you were debating between buying that and something else, and Edu re- uh, tweeted back at you, he was like, that that has been said to be one of the better launch games. Right. And I was like, I was like, what? No. <laughs> and then, like, no, because, like, I thought yeah, it was a Yeah, because you thought it was shooter. a shooter, right. Yeah, and so then I look at, you know, the, the one-up review, and it's like an isometric, not isometric, but it's like a top-down strategy. I'm like, no, I can actually get down with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm cool with that. They're, they're being smart about it. Um, not like stupid coded arms on the PSP, which I tried to demo for, and it was like, yeah, use the face buttons to shoot. Like again, 3DS is different because you have the stylus, and like I'm yeah. totally all for first-person shooters on the 3DS and on the DS because I've I've had a few first-person shooters on there, and I think the stylus works great. I'm just saying that I don't want there to be a deluge of all these console ports on day one. It's like, yo, Metroid Prime may come when it comes. Um, I'm sure maybe Ubisoft will try to put out like a Red Steel type of thing on it at some point, and I'm okay with that. But don't flood the whole thing with like um, all these consoles. And they're they're already doing it. They're like Star Fox 64 3D, Ocarina of Time 3D. It's like, <sighs> oh, where the right. original games? Yeah, it's like, new all right, franchises. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably going to end up. Getting Ocarina 3D because they said that they're gonna they're gonna like revamp a lot of the dungeons and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but still, like I think they said something about making the Water Temple better. Oh yeah, yeah, which which is a huge huge <laughs> thing for for like any human being on the planet who knows what Epona is, you know. But um, yeah, I just you know I hope it doesn't fall victim to PSP syndrome. I really don't. Um. The DS was already dangerously getting close with Mario 64 DS and Rayman DS. They already have Rayman 3DS, and it's the same piss-poor port that they gave us on the DS only with 3D. And, okay, they have a slide pad now, so great. But, like, you know what I mean? It's, it, yeah. it's I just find it hilarious that, like, the original DS launched with Rayman 3D, and then now this newer 3DS is launching with Rayman... I'm sorry, original DS was launched with Rayman DS, which is Rayman 2. And then this DS is launched with Rayman 3D, which is Rayman 2. 
It's not even like Rayman three. Nope. If there is just a Rayman, Rayman two, oh, there is a Rayman three, but just 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 Rayman two, in three D. Mm. In three D, you know that's it. That's all. That's all it is. Mm. You know, I- imagine if like, imagine if they release re-released like uh, F Zero Advance for the DS. But all they did was like give it a touchscreen map, and then they and then they re-released it for 3DS, and all they did it was, was add 3D. Was add 3D? Yeah, that's kind of like what this is. Although so, I think that it would be awesome if they just re-released like F Zero. I would say F Zero GP or maybe F Zero shit F Zero GX. Put F Zero GX on 3DS. That would be perfect. Yeah, or or. I don't know, maybe make a new one. Or maybe make a new one. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that would probably be that, what they would do. That would be nuts in 3D. Yeah. Pete, what would you like to see in 3D? Um, he has unmuted my mic. balls. <laughs> BD. 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 Oh, seriously, can you not hear me right now? Wake BD. up, BD. PD Pablo. Is my, hangover bunch. My microphone's well, not while he's, boy. he's oh getting God. himself together. Oh, now he's dropped. I wanted to say that um I I don't turn my DS off. I don't I don't turn my 3DS off at all. It's it stays in sleep mode if I'm not using it. And it's like your phone. Yeah, it's exactly like my phone. And I think it's because of the connectivity of the um you know, the spot pass and and having the internet there. Oh, even though okay, I'm yeah. not actually using it. When I do open up my DS, I'm online now, and people can see Hello? that I'm on. Oh. Hey, there goes Petey. Pete yeah. lives. You call me out, and I drop. See, it's all your fault. <laughs> um, you know, people can see me and see what I'm playing, and see what my favorite game is, and see what my stupid little message is. Um, right. which I think is cool, and then you can also see, you know, how long it's been since the last people have been online. You kind of drop by your friends list every so often. Take a look. Right. But once, once the uh more of the functionality comes in, you know, with the eShop and uh the, the web browser, uh I think that I'll probably get a lot more use out of my DS. Um which me which leads me to my next point of the battery life, which everyone who reviewed the console of course has a bone to pick with. Um I have not really experienced any problem because I don't play it enough, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Be, because, you know, most of the complaint is, like, Engadget, they complained about the battery saying that it would suck being on an international flight. I don't find myself on an international flight, so I don't have that problem. Uh, you know, I think 1UP complained about the battery saying that it wouldn't last for, like, a long drive or something like that. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm usually the one that's driving, so whatever. Um, but the fact does still stand that, yes, the battery lasts as long as it takes to charge it, which kind of sucks. But when I'm charging the, the, the DS, I don't want to play it anyway. Right. So I don't have a problem with the battery. And I usually go, uh, like if I actually put some real serious play time and I'm switching games, like I, I play Street Fighter a little bit and I'll play Dragon Quest a lot and I may play a little Ghost Recon. I could go two days and then have to charge the battery. Like, I've only gotten the battery down to red flashing once. And I was playing Dragon Quest when it was happening. Right. 
I haven't even gotten into red flashing, but that's kind of more out of fear that the battery is so low. Um, yeah, but, I think the battery, uh, depending on being that I was playing a DS game, which I think DS games might still go, you know, upwards of, I think it will still go past five hours, because they say, you know, if you put the, the brightness on one, it will um, last about five hours. But I think that with all the 3D off and, you know, none of the other processing and it's just doing DS, I think it might actually go six, seven, eight, maybe ten hours. Because I've played Dragon Quest for days. And leaving the system in sleep mode, it still has given me nothing but power. Nothing but power. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was going to Dave's house and I had my 3DS with me. And, you know, he's in Forest Hills and so mm-hmm. it's between 45 minutes and an hour away, like when you take all the train stops and everything into consideration. Yeah. Um, and, like, I played it on the way there and I played it on the way back and I was down to, I was, like, down to two bars. Yeah. And that is pretty bad. Like, that, I'm like, all right, well, I... Now I need to turn off my Wi-Fi because I don't want it to go below two bars. And again, like it still lasted. It's not like it was like, oh, it's dead. But right. you know, for a portable device that you're used to having a, an, an original DS last for like ten hours. Yeah. And the PSP, which is such a powerhouse, uh, has improved its battery life. To hear them say, "Well, you'll probably get four to six hours out of this," it's like, really, are we back in those times? You know, um, people want to be moving forward, understandably so instead of backwards. And this is a little bit backwards because the technology is moving forward. I get that. Yeah. But you still, like, batteries are, you know, battery life is huge. You know, uh, that's that's a huge sticking point for everybody. Phones, portable devices, MP3 players, all that stuff. You know, so hopefully, like, you know, like you said, they, they have a replaceable cover that you can actually go in and replace the battery yourself. Great. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic move on Nintendo's part because they used to not do that. Right. Um, or they used to do that, but they used to make you buy a stupid special screwdriver. Right. Anyway, from them. now that yeah, from them. Now that Pete's back with us, uh, what do you want to see in 3D, a port or not? Um, I, if I had a 3DS, I don't know. Like, well, let let let's 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 make it more interesting. If what in 3D, and the answer is probably nothing because you know I think for all of us, 3D is not that important. But hypothetically, what in 3D would make you be like? Oh, you know what? I really want to get a DS to see this in 3D because I'm curious. See, all I can think about is DS properties that I like, and if they well, that's made fine. Them into good, like uh, Advance Wars would be cool. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Look, and, and look at t- Ghost Recon. Yeah. Advance Wars would be really cool. I could tell you right now that you'd probably enjoy that because uh, Ghost Recon does a really good job of that. Um, oh, okay. What else? Um. What else? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I like mm. Q. I like Q Entertainment games. Mm-hmm. That would be fucking blocks flying right at your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that that would be a good one too. Um, I, you know, I, I think Al kind of hit it right on the spot for me with uh with with F Zero. Um, I I do hear though, at least from Giant Bomb, that with Ridge Racers 3D, it. It makes it emphasizes the car too much, which makes it a little bit difficult for you to see the turns. Mm. So the car seems like it's popping out as much as it, as much as it can be because you know three uh, 3ds is all about depth, not about popping out. Right. But you know it, it makes it pop out enough to the point where the road, it you know you lose sight of the road, and it's hard. Like again, it's hard to see those turns. So, um, well, let's let's change the question for you, Pete. 
uh, and take away the 3D element of it. Austin, have you been paying attention to the chat at all? No, I have not. <laughs> I have to go. You have to go? I said it no! like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I thought we were yeah. finished. Yeah, I thought you guys were – that's why I was waiting because Al said you guys were wrapping up. Uh, Well, this is a sad moment in time. Pete has to leave us. Thank God. Um, All right, well, real quick, how much time do you have left in your recording? I mean, I have 10 minutes, but like I thought we were going right. to be done well long ago. That's fine. Yeah, we just started um, like, really late. Yeah, because computer problems and, and internets is um, – but real quick then, your, your, your last salvo, what would make you want to buy a 3DS? Like what game or property – or or kind of feature that they ultimately may let you download eventually at so some only, point in the There's next only ten two years. things that would probably make me go out and buy a three D S today. One if they drop the price a hundred bucks, which isn't gonna happen. And can you not hear me? Oh god fucking Hello. He dropped Can you hear me now? He dropped again See, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you okay. now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was saying that there's only two things that would make me go out and buy a three D S today. <laughs> One would be as if they dropped the price a hundred bucks, which obviously isn't going to happen. And two would be as if they probably, if they maybe if they came out with an actual like three D Pokemon, um, mm. which also wasn't going to happen because they just released black and white. So, um, yeah, I think those would be the only two things that would make me feel like, oh my god, I got to go buy one. Right. Gotcha. All right. Well, since the recording is about to destroy the world, we're going to wrap it up for today. But I'd like to say it to all of you. In three. Anyway, so um, you know that noise makes it sound like you fart or something. <laughs> that is, for anyone who's wondering, that is my headset. Three D um, farts microphone that is being lifted behind my head so I can yell in three D. Put back in three D and then put back in front of my face so I can talk into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna pimp stuff now, and here you go. You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh, yeah. I have a band. and uh, He has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com, R-O-C-A-F-U-E-R-T-E, musica, with an A at the end, mm-hmm, dot com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and you can find their album, Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very On the Amazon.com, barely, Amazon.com MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that Make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's other places too. iTunes, uh, Spotify, Zune. Uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows? Uh, anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R Y V V N. R Y V V N. And if you like don't you... alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter at R Y V V N dot com slash Twitter dot net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no other place. That's the only is place to live. No other place is important. Okay, and you can find me obviously at Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also obviously visit us at TryGames.net at TryGames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.SharkVersusOctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. 
Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net, or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit friends of the site. You can visit our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com. The other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us and we're both awesome at austindlight.com. Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. All right, and that was some good that, pimpage. That was some good Yeah, wasn't that supposed to be pimpage. you? That was some good pimpage. Um, what was supposed to be me? Pete, I mean... What? No, we have the recordings. Oh, right. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you can you can reach us at those aforementioned places. Uh, be sure to email us your comments. Uh, and and Doc Brown, uh, some Dragon Quest six emails would definitely be fun to read. Um, and Jimbo, you can feel free to send us anything anytime that you don't want us to read, and we will read it. Um, but that's it for us. So for Pete, Mister Internet. Yeah, my internet sucks. Yeah. It didn't really drop. I was just joking. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> Give him a hand, everybody. Give him a hand. Yeah. Um, there you go, Pete. And um, hopefully all of our internets gets uh, fixed up so that we can hear more of Pete's lovely voice next time. <laughs> yeah, how's that feel? How's that sound, Pete? Yeah. I'm Pete Bellucci Jr. I play saxophone. For Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me. I've been your host, Austin, and then, 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 then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.